Hi, this is Tony Campolo. The name of the show is From Across the Pond. Joining me as a host is uh, none other than Shane Claiborne, the popular, the famous, the handsome, the debonair Shane Claiborne. <laughs> I don't Claiborne. know. It depends on the yes. He in Sounds turn, like you talked to my mom. <laughs> he and I are joined with Sally Mann, uh, and we're promoting redletterchristians.org. Dot UK. We're actually right uh, in London at Premier Radio Studios. Uh, we're, 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 this is a special week for us. We've been kicking off and launching the uh, Red Letter Christians movement over here in the UK, and Sally Mann has been one of the leaders of that, one of the spokespersons and uh, um, trustees of the movement. So we're kind of like the trio hosting um and we've got a guest naomi bennett who's uh the operations director been a wonderful uh wow thank god for the mighty gifts that are we all have she's an incredibly organized woman also a scientist yes so we're going to hear all about this why don't you uh take it from here sally well we're just so honored to have naomi on the team at red letter christians uk she keeps us all in order. I think her job is like herding cats. And she's been organising our programme as we head off around seven cities in the UK, bringing Tony and Shane to see what's happening at the grassroots levels. And uh, Naomi, you weren't trained, I guess, as a, a, an organiser for events like us. You're, you are a scientist and you're doing a PhD. It's so, it's so interesting. What are you studying? So, yeah, I'm doing my PhD in the University of Birmingham, uh, and I'm actually researching ocular drug delivery. Now, what on earth is Whoa. that? Ocular <laughs> I drug. I, Whoa. I got, the, I got the trailer. I was hearing about it earlier. It's awesome. Keep going. Okay, so um, ocular drug delivery is essentially just putting drugs into eyes and seeing what happens, uh, not recreationally, I will add, uh, but to treat eye diseases um so obviously your eye is designed to keep stuff out which is great uh it's exposed to the outside world all the time but uh it does mean that when it comes to treating eye diseases it's quite hard to get the right things in so i'm working at ways around that so people don't have to have eye injections which are quite mm, nasty yeah I always I just dread it when they do that uh, dilation thing when you go to the eye doctor. But this is like good stuff. You're actually finding possibly ways to cure diseases that haven't we, we've not thought of yet. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I want to kind of remove the the need for kind of surgical intervention and uh, injections and things like that. Things that people don't really like. So mm. yeah, we're here uh, in the United Kingdom. Shane and I are uh, promoting. Red Letter Christians in the UK. Uh, the website for Red Letter Christians in the UK is redletterchristiansuk.uk.org. Yeah. Did I get it right that Redletterchristians.org.uk. Redletter oh, man, I got to get it straight. <laughs> Sally's the one that messed me up on this. I had it all organized, and she started in the wrong direction. And uh, so uh, now... Our guest today, Naomi, uh, you're connected with this movement, and what what's your job? So, uh, as operations manager for Red Letter Christians, um, I try and make sure everything is running in the right direction, try and make sure people know where they're supposed to be, um, and do all the boring stuff so that the really visionary people that we work with um, can do their blue sky thinking, um, and, and yeah, do We that really so well. appreciate you, you've been doing a great job for us, but how did you first hear about Red Letter Christians, even before it came to the UK, how were you introduced to this uh, this movement? It's actually a, a family connection, so my uncle is a youth worker in Darlington, um, and he was a 
big fan of Tony's work and, and what he has to say. And so he invited him over and was driving him around the northeast. Um, and so, yeah, we was, he was putting stuff on Facebook and I looked up what Tony Campolo had to say and then found Red Letter Christians. And, um, yeah, just got really kind of plugged into what they were doing in the US. Um, so when I spoke to Ash Barker and he said that they were looking at coming over here, I was just really, really keen to get involved and do what I could. That's great. And it's wonderful to have a, a young woman. You're 22, Naomi. Oh, and most people in your generation don't seem to be particularly turned on by the church. But you've been really excited and giving time and energy to this project. Um, what is it about the approach of red letter Christianity that makes you want to engage in your spare time? Well, it's definitely true for me and I think is actually true for a lot of people my age is that we don't want a church that um, pitches stuff to us like salesmen. Um, we want something that's authentic. We want something that is consistent. Um, and that's what appealed to me about Red Letter Christianity was that it seemed to really put what I'd learned and the theology and the Bible and, and Jesus's words into something that was really tangible, really practical, mm. um, something that was, yeah, that, that looked like it influenced more than just what I did on a Sunday morning. And that was really attractive to me. Mm. The Red Letter Christian movement uh, has radical connotations. Uh, Shane likes to say, uh, we're a people who take Jesus seriously. Um, in many of the old Bibles, uh, the words of Jesus were highlighted with red letters from whence we get the name of this movement, uh, Red Letter Christians. Uh, we are trying to take Jesus seriously and asking a very simple question. What would it be like if we did what Jesus asked us to do. We're big on arguing over theological concepts and interpretations, but we're not very keen on following the radical teachings of Jesus. So, Shane, do you want to comment on well, that? Well, you know, I, I wanted to, as I'm thinking of Naomi as a scientist getting her PhD at 22, uh, you're not you're not like skipping out on that to do this, right? Are you are you, are you multitasking? Are you working on your PhD as you're doing it? Yeah, very much multitasking. <laughs> um, awesome. I, say, I say to people that days aren't days to me anymore. Hours are just kind of come and go, and and uh, I have to just deal with what's in front of me at each time. But um, got it's a lot so of, great. Yeah, yeah. But so there's a there, there's a story that of, of a young man in our community that really it, it strikes me. He was uh, almost the same age, getting his PhD. He was studying. Um, uh, some kind of material in our belly button that uh, can fight cancer or something like oh. that. He's all this stuff. So all this stuff. <laughs> they, they were in, in, and they were finding like results that had never been found or whatever, right? So then he and belly button science. I can, he explains yeah, it a little I mean, different. These are not the scientific <laughs> words, but he actually kind of needs an interpreter when he talks about what he was doing. But anyway, that's basically what he was doing. But then he encountered. Um, uh, a lot of this and he dropped out of his PhD program right and he moved into our community his mom used to introduce me as uh, the person that ruined her son's life and it was but it but it was empty for him right so mm -hmm. he's like giving out food he's doing all this uh, volunteer work and there was a point where he said you know what I think I'm a scientist I think God made me a scientist for a reason and he started to rethink some things and he ended up going, I, I want the biggest cause of death in the world is lack of access to clean water. And I want to study that. So he's got this think tank of scientists now that are studying clean water technology and the, you know, the bacteria and all this stuff. And um, it, it occurs to me that like 
he ended up like feeling like I've got these gifts for a reason. They just need to be like oriented towards something that, uh, and he wasn't doing all the anti-cancer stuff back then. He was just like kind of just studying stuff and didn't know why he was doing it. And one of the things that I learned from him is that non-conformity doesn't mean uniformity, like not conforming to the patterns of materialism and all these things. And like, we are given gifts for a reason and God's not asking us to like, let go of our gifts and skills, but to seek first the kingdom of God to go, how might I be a different kind of scientist or a different kind of uh, lawyer or school teacher than, and so that's what I kind of, uh, I don't know, as you think about that, you know, you get a lot of pressure when you're 22, what are you gonna do when you grow up? And I think people aren't always asking like, who are you becoming and what is your mission, you know, in life? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that I've really seen, especially. Um, so I graduated from my undergrad last year, obviously choose, chose to stay in education, chose to go into research. But um, a lot of my friends didn't. And and I know some people who, who had the perfect job lined up, like really good pay, exactly what they thought they wanted to be doing. Um, really competitive environment. So a lot of room for progression and all of that kind of thing. And it just mental health in that stage of life is actually getting really poor mm. um, because people have everything that they want or what they think they want and then suddenly it's just like oh well what what now mm. um, what if this isn't enough what if this isn't everything um, and I think there's a bit there's a massive kind of crisis especially going on with people at uni mm. um, where it's just things aren't adding up um, and actually looking ahead into a career that is just full of striving and striving and trying to reach the next level and trying to earn as much money mm. and trying to and I think you know this is particularly true I think of, of men of a certain generation as well when there's been so much pressure to just strive and earn and provide and and it just doesn't it's not fulfilling it's mm. not it doesn't you know create a holistic well-rounded life it's that culture of upward mobility yeah Naomi, isn't it but you've been linking with uh Anjan Ash's uh, community there in, in Winston Green and, and you've almost reversed that culture of upward mobility isn't it you've been seeking to be in part of a grassroots community that doesn't play into that culture of achievement yeah. why did you choose to do that and what are you getting out of that I I see my role as someone who has an incredible amount of natural privilege to kind of step back away from that and actually look at how I can use that privilege and, and the experiences that I've been afforded by being an incredibly privileged person to feed back into the communities that don't have access to that. Um, and being part of Winston Green has definitely been a part of that. Um, and what I've actually had to learn is that we don't have the answers to everything as like middle class, well-educated people. Um, and we can't expect to just impose those values and those, that culture uh, on people. And I've learned so much from just Oh, diversity is such a blessing and we miss out on it so much. We just miss out on so many experiences mm. and values and, and just different ways of looking at the world um, when we try and make everyone conform and we try and put everyone on the same path. And I actually don't think church has done an amazing job um, at, at pulling people into that. I think actually there are a lot of kind of church structures that don't look too different from other businesses and other very achievement orientated kind of um, career paths. Um, and I think that's something that we need to reevaluate. And uh, as you live out your life, uh, what particularly about Jesus turns you on? I mean, all of us love Jesus, but I think all of us see Jesus in different ways. Yeah. And we need to listen to each other because 
you can teach me about Jesus and I can teach you about Jesus. Because as I read those red letters of the Bible, it says certain things to me that I think other people need to hear. And you probably have the same kind of experiences. Definitely. I think I'm a very systems-minded person, which is why I kind of do the job that I do. But part of that is I look at the systems that govern our society and that govern our world and I go this is just not working and what I love about Jesus and what I loved about reading about Jesus was that he just flips that on his head and it's not about kind of tweaking here and there and, and trying to make people fit the mold you know he talks about old wineskins and new wineskins and I believe that what Jesus was calling in was just a completely no, new way of looking at the world and we talk about the upside down kingdom and and I think that that is just so important like we, it's not just about kind of tweaking things here and there what we need is a complete upheaval of the mm. systems of injustice and, and and oppression that we see um and i think that's what i'm interested in and i think just jesus demonstrates that so well by subverting the culture that he saw around him come on and you know he healed he healed people you're trying to heal people with your science he healed people in unorthodox ways yeah you know there are ways that protocol for healing and jesus takes mud and spits in it and wipes it on a man's eyes you know and i, I think that's uh unusual but he's also like challenging um the ways that we think of conventional things you know like this is not just limited to the temple and the religious priests like god can heal people with anything god can heal people through our hands and with uh uh the dirt of the earth if god wants to and i'm sure the people that made all the uh pharmaceuticals were angry that day but um <laughs> you know we should stop and just say um Thanks for joining the show, and uh, this is Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo, and, and Sally Mann, and Sally Mann hosting you, the show Thank this you, week Tiny. with our guest <laughs> Naomi Bennett, and we're in the premiere studios. We're thankful for the chance to do this show every week at this time, and uh, we should go to the website. Uh, they should go to the website, which is redletterchristians.org.uk. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And you Facebook. can find us on Facebook. Um, yeah, and and you'll you'll find the the U.S. version, but also the U.K. version now as we've been launching it this week. And Naomi is. Um, among other things, the operations manager making all this happen, a master organizer, but it's connected to her other gifts and skills as a scientist getting her PhD at 22. So keep going here, Sally. Let's yeah, hear Sally, a little bit more. A lot of people would ask you the simple question, since you are a scientist, do you find conflicts between science and faith? I don't, and I'll tell you why. Um obviously like god has made us this incredible creation and this incredible world around us and then what's amazing and what i find through science is that he then invites us and look at how i did this look at how intricately these things work together look how beautiful this is and i think that's why i very personally feel uh, the effects of climate change and what we've done to the world um and i think that's true among other young people as well but for me science is just like I, I look at the structure of the human eye and how intricate it is and, and mm. how we've evolved to, to just, to everything to just work so well together. And I just, yeah, it's, for me, that's worship. That's, for me, that's appreciation. Mm. That's of, very, it's yeah, very interesting. Yeah. so good. We yeah. had a, another Beautiful. friend of ours who teaches at Eastern University, um, uh, Dr. Bradstreet. He wrote a book. He's an astronomer. And we have a planetarium, and so I had class with him. It was one of my hardest classes other than Tony's. Well, but he um, <laughs> he uh, he wrote a book, I think it's called Starstruck, yeah. about 
the wonder of, of how big the universe is. And so many people find that, you know, you think about dinosaurs, you think about the universe or evolution, you know, these things, Adam and Eve, and like it's hard to reconcile that. But there's more and more scientists that I meet that they, they, um, I went to this forum called hosted by BioLogos, which is a really great group, and they were bringing together um, theologians and scientists to have a conversation, and we found that w- what we held in common was wonder, you know, the sense, wonder sense of the of creation. Awe. Yeah, and the more you try to like lock things down in doctrines and what was the creation literally, you know, six days, seven days, and um, that stuff, you you get you get to disagreeing. But when you just stand back and wonder, and you um, you 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 can't help but think that there's a hand behind all this. We're seeing such a diverse group of people sign up for Red Letter Christians in the UK. We've, we've been so encouraged by that, and particularly young people. Young people have been a key part of our tour week. And Naomi, I just wondered, you know, you you live in so many different cultures. You're a scientist. You're part of the University of Birmingham. You're part of the community at Winston Green. But what drew you to identify yourself as a Red Letter Christian, and uh, why should others consider to to do that? I think for me it was it puts together a way of explaining how I see the world and how I want to be in the world um, that doesn't quite fit along kind of the other boundaries that have been drawn in the Christian world um, and and I'm still you know part of a worshipping congregation on a Sunday um, and I'm you know that's not going to change like we're not starting a new denomination here it's just a way of kind of looking at the world and interacting with the world that I think um, is best explained by saying you know what we want to do what Jesus has called us to do um, and that yeah that just resonates with me and I think um having you know I call myself a Christian because I believe in Jesus and and therefore I want to listen to what he has to say and I want to you know follow that faith so yeah. you've used words over and over again I'm not sure you're conscious of them but they're very profound words listen and the word how uh, when you think of the questions that humanity asks where did we come from how did we get here why are we here where are we going you know that second question how did it happen how did this thing come about how did how did the human body come into existence and i think that scientists help us to understand how god created us how god established the world how god uh, created uh, thus the Christian church has to listen to scientists because scientists have the answer to the how. The scientists need to listen to the theologians because we are here to answer these questions. Where the do why? we come from? Why the are we why? here? And where are we going? Yeah. Uh, uh, science in itself uh, has a lot of, of answers. Uh, do they know all the questions? The answer is no, they don't. And here's where the Christian faith comes in. We can tell people why they're here and where they're going if they trust in Jesus. Yeah. This tour that you're taking us all on, Naomi, we're heading off to seven cities. Do you want to just uh, tell people where we're, we're highlighting these seedbed communities? What's exciting about this for you? What, what's happening in these cities? 
So uh, we've been in East London beating knives um, and after today we're heading on to Luton, to Manchester, to Newcastle, to Edinburgh and then back to my hometown of Birmingham. And each event across the cities takes on a little bit of a different flavour and I think that's what I've really enjoyed about being part of organising this tour is seeing the way that different people interact with this idea of being a red letter Christian and, and something that we're really passionate about, especially launching the movement here in the UK, is that it feels organic uh, and it feels kind of natural to the people already doing this amazing grassroots work. Um, and so those connections between kind of these different little grassroots organisations mm. all around the country um, is something I'm really excited about because I think, you know, just a feeling of being united and a feeling of being in the same boat as other people as we take on these really difficult, really complex issues, I think is going to be really important. Um, and it's also given me the chance to meet these incredible people and people whose voices we're not going to here mm. unless we we find the way to amplify that um and and it's just amazing to see as well these these people who um you know like uh one of our urban change makers um hannah in in east london just taking on this massive project and just putting their faith in god and saying you know what i'm going to hope that our community comes together and it was just she helped organize thing. the, the yeah. turning the knives into art right yeah she, and she's yeah, another yeah. young person ah, so great and many churches are finding it really difficult to engage young people mm. but we're not finding that Mm. We're finding that the younger generation actually want a higher benchmark for their Christian faith. They want a higher benchmark for discipleship. And, and they're ready to be harnessed into some kind of movement that requires them to live more radically yeah, in it's their not, service. Not, a lot of people are not leaving the church. Uh, they're leaving the church not because we've made the gospel too hard, but because we've made it too easy. And we've sort of watered it down to a set of doctrines. They go, oh, great. But that's all you got. Like, I want to change the world. You know, <laughs> like I, this world's fragile that we've been handed. And I was thinking of the uh, the variety of gifts. How cool is it that we had some blacksmiths? Two of them were female metal crafters that's and right. a blacksmith. Flea and, and Fran, um, the blacksmiths from East London. Incredible. Using their gifts to transform knives into artwork and beautiful things. And you're, uh, the other thing about Red Letter Christians that we're seeing all over the UK is same in the States is that there are people that kind of have their feet on the ground in real neighborhoods and communities that are trying to live this out. Um, and uh, the, tell us a little more about Newbegin House because you're trying to, you know, some of the, even the creation care, there's a science to all that and appreciation of the earth. Um, Before well, you go right? into that, tell them what Newbegin House is. Yeah, Newbegin. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, Newbegin House is a community house that we've set up um, under the name of Leslie Newbegin, who is a missiologist based actually in that house uh, in Birmingham. He's world renowned, but we've gone back right to his home. Um, and Winston Green is an incredibly transient community it's an, a community that has lacked a lot of input and opportunities um from from elsewhere and so what and we're al alpacas too yeah yeah and so and we have <laughs> we are the best kind of community engagement tool i think we've ever come across is alpacas um nothing breaks down barriers like having these like five foot tall fluffy adorable uh, animals in in the garden and it's and one thing to have them like way out in the countryside it's another thing to have them right in the concrete right in the yeah awesome. yeah absolutely and so um what we're looking to do in birmingham is just kind of 
so many people are limited by the fact that um, we've seen family, uh, and you talk about Mother Teresa talking about this, but we've seen family as just our blood relations, tiny little unit, which means, especially in, in this country, I feel, if your family unit is broken or has encountered struggle, um, there's nowhere else to go. Mm. Um, and so what we're looking to is to create a community where we see everyone as family and we see everyone as as kind of part of what we're doing. No one is beyond kind of our love and the love of God. Um, I love it. I love the slogan on the door at Newbegin House. You say it's run by the energy of the people of Winston Green. Absolutely. Mm. That's absolutely. fantastic. And and that's really important to us. Like we're not looking to do anything to people. We're looking to do stuff with people and, and to, you know, to draw on the experience and the amazing gifts. And of you're these getting people. something from being in part of that community. I mean you're choosing to be a, what Ash calls a relocator. So you're moving into that community to be part of them. And how are you finding that? Are, are, are you at home yet? I mean, I'm a natural introvert, so it's a, it's definitely been a bit more of a struggle. Um, but actually just everyone's so welcoming and everyone, there's no reservations and there's just such a kind of feeling of, of welcome. How many people are in the house? In the house. Um, so there's the Barker family, the three of them, um, John and Gwen and Lizzie. Um, and there are and that's seven permanent <clears throat> members. Yeah, permanent and so How many, many are through that house? Because that's a busy house. I've been <laughs> up to Instagram. I think they have 300 a week yeah. through what is their family home. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's well, a busy place great. to live. And we always, uh, you said the relocators, we often say like restoring neighborhoods takes remainers, returners and relocators. So the indigenous folks working together with folks on the outside and of course folks that may may have grown up there and come back but it's awesome Naomi uh to hear what you're doing we're grateful for all that you've put into the tour um and Sally you're an amazing example your community and Newham of of uh, what amazing. red letter christianity looks like um we we are praying for that unity that that uh, Jesus prayed for that we would be one as God is one. So join up, be a part of this. Look on online and go to redletterchristians.org.uk. We're bummed to be out of time, but we are. Our guest has been Naomi Bennett and uh, our uh, co-host here in London, Sally Mann. This is Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo across the pond. We'll see you next week. <laughs>